a, I feel like a child would rob me of that. It's a very strong word, but I do think you're not alone. Okay, yeah. I do think yeah. a lot of people are at the crux. But why? What? What? What made you say like? It's gonna rob you. I feel like one, the baby bonus is ridiculous, lah. You know how fast can finish baby bonus or not? Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Alternative Budget 2023 debate. I'm your host Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and I'm joined with today. I'm Madonna, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. usually I'm known as Zad. I'm the head of content for Rice Media. Thank you for having me. Oh no, you're my co-host, right? You're here to work. Always. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. And then we have two amazing guests. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Sheikh Amr, also known as that property guy on TikTok. Yeah, the viral TikTok guy. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I'm Joe Olivia. I'm the co-founder of Lendor, so a circular tech startup company for tech devices. What is a circular tech startup company? So you can start leasing devices like laptops, mobile phones, and uh, ah, okay, okay. you so know like, tablets. Like hardware tech. That is right. Okay, I thought another like human AI kind of like. We'll try that when we <laughs> when we get there. Yes. <laughs> Today we are here, you know, uh, to talk a little bit more about like affordability in Singapore. Like mm. essentially, like the budget has been rolled out. You know, this is like post budget debate. <laughs> Things are out. Uh, the numbers are out. We have all these bonuses and all that. So we want to talk a little bit about like is Singapore. Still affordable right so mm. that is the that's the crux of the question but before we go in you must tell us lah, why should we listen to you like how singaporean are you like who gives you the position to comment on this do we all have to answer of course okay. yeah maybe starting with you starting with me yeah yes you know i've heard this question you asked right you ask this question to every guest every budget debate right yeah is you ask me to ask one correct you, know? <laughs> you, are, you are correct <laughs> yes yes but yes. for some reason right, i never even like think of the answer you know like mm, mm. i i feel like that question is so loaded yeah it know, is because you're not asking about how singaporean am i you're asking me to identify my singaporeanness mm, mm, right mm. and uh i am not a typical uh uh example of a singaporean or of a good singaporean i stay by myself <laughs> i'm Be single single get penalized oh uh, yes. yeah so there's a lot of things i'm malay <laughs> Eh, that one oh. can say. Can say that. Yeah, can say okay, that. Because minority, ma. Okay, ah, okay. okay. I'm minority. It's prejudice. It's, it's prejudice. Not, it's no, it's okay. <laughs> can say yourself, right? Yeah, right. Like, yes. Correct, correct. correct. Itself, I can say okay, myself. Right? Yes, yeah, okay, so, okay. Uh, what makes me uh, uh, qualified to say this, to, to, talk, to talk about this, right? Because I've been, I stay in Singapore my whole life. Mm. And uh, as much as I belong to a publication, right, that's a little bit more alternative than most, right? I actually do think, right, that a lot of the policies that the government push out, right, is actually very good. I just keep quiet about it. Only. Oh, now you're going to spill. You're going to spill mm. today. Eh? So you wait, you wait. Tarek first. Okay, yeah. yes, your turn. I think I come from the most, like, average Singaporean background. Uh. That's I what everybody say, you know. Everybody squeeze themselves in the middle class, humble uh, background, average, you know. You better substantiate. But uh. it's true. Uh. Uh. Okay, okay. I grew up in three I flat in Gelang Baru. I don't oh. go to any like SEP school mm. I cannot mm. go into SEP school Indian okay. hey, right. well, well, we're well, going well. there today huh? <laughs> <laughs> I swear yeah. all, the, all the social markers oh, yeah. I sweat yeah, all. where's my coffee <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I come from normal BT sec mm. I, I was I'm really the first of my generation to break the wealth gap you know get the get out of that red race so for me it's truly understanding the struggles uh. mm. I can empathize with my customer yeah, a lot of people don't. So, do you feel you are a success case in the system? Uh no, I think the system failed me. So, oh yeah, we're going there. <laughs> I think the educational system failed me. I don't think that. I think I would say I'm a late bloomer, mm. very late. I think at the age of like twenty five, then I decided to bloom. So, yeah, I don't think the system is uh, one size fit all. It's okay, it's okay. A lot of people behind the set still blooming also. <laughs> yes, yes. Still young and blooming, yes. Yes, come, tell us. How Singaporean are you, right? 
Oh, after listening to both of them, I think I need to. Hey, you can like hearted one. Don't need so chill <laughs> one. Okay. Yes. Too late. Yeah, can like hearted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I also grew up in a very typical Asian family. You, you go to school, you study. Your parent, both working parents. Um, also a late bloomer. Didn't study hard enough and started working. Yeah, that's about it. Very typical, boring Asian household. I Where did you grow up? In Singapore. Mm. Uh, in which, which area? In Clementi, Bukatima area. Oh, the expensive neighborhood. No. Oh. Gilang Baru is so expensive, huh? Just yeah, saying. Gilang Baru. <laughs> Gilang Baru. <laughs> Cheap. <yeah. laughs> Gilang Baru expensive now. That is expensive what now? No, man. My God. Gilang Baru. Gilang Baru is... But that's, 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 that's like it's like super MRCs. old one, oh. yeah, old yeah, crazy yeah. people all walking around wow. that kind. It's yeah, really you like... that. <laughs> <laughs> you try, you try to run for MP, no? <laughs> <laughs> I, I take it that you're not, you know. That whole oh. speech, ah. Uh, oh, someday man. the person will cut the TikTok. Hey, this guy want to run for MP. I <laughs> <laughs> say all our friends here, Gila. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just assume it's it, it is right because Gilangbaru, Gilangbaru is quite central. Yeah, but right. uh, too many old flats over uh, there. Yeah, it just needs to be raised and built sirs there yeah really... that's probably what's gonna happen uh. yeah, yeah. They, they have this new thing called verse that we still have no idea what's it about mm-hmm. so yeah okay yeah okay fair cool I'm glad that you've established it and the tonality that is mm. set today yes. is, is very heavy so I'm gonna try to you know take it a little bit lighter okay but first question you know which is the genesis of today's episode right yeah. is will HDB prices ever come down yes I do think that HDB prices will come down um, it's impossible for public housing to remain growing the way it is growing. It's It doesn't make sense. It is public housing to begin with. It has to remain affordable for the vast majority of Singaporeans. And if we were to continue to grow the way we have been growing since COVID-2021, then a five-room flat easily in the next 10 years would be 1.4, 1.5 million. Mm. So... That alone helps you understand that if we don't have affordable public housing, we won't have the same government. Oh. It's true. To me, that is the frontier of politics. So so you think that it will go down, it will become more affordable because of the principle of the program. Yes. There's a need for it. If not, there will be a change of guard. Mm. I'm quite sure. The big question, right, is will HDB BTO flats right, reach 1 million, right? I think it will, eventually. I don't think it will because that's why they release PLH, the prime housing living. Yeah. Because they cannot al- allow it to reach uh, 1 million. That's mm. why MOP become 10 years. 10 years. Oh. You, know, you have a different parameter of, of play, la, right? Yes. You use a different way to try mm. stretch it out and do, do all that jazz. La. Mm. Yeah. But then, you know, a lot of people, when, when they're talking about like the recent grant and all that, right? And, uh, um, or the yeah. new grant that's yeah. coming in, right? Yeah. Everybody is saying, or at least a lot of the narrative is saying that it will push property prices further up. You know, it will continue to hold resale market elevated. I think the resale market will remain resilient, but we are resilient. So PR, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that means the prices will stay high. Uh, that means I think it will not it, come down. I think it will stagnate for a while. Okay, we, the biggest misconception, and this is the problem with Singaporeans, is that we are not patient, right? We are really not patient. We want price to go down as fast as it went up. But that, that's just not how it works. Prices shoot up drastically because of like a black swan event like COVID. Mm. But when it comes down, when it comes down, it comes down gradually, right? Slowly, bit by bit. And it takes time for these things to happen. We also cannot deny, and this is something that I always talk about, is that property agents control the HDB market. And now with social media, it's a lot worse. So when you say things like cooling, like for example, the budget, grants increase, you better sell fast. Fear gets instilled because fear is the best source of marketing, yeah. right? And and that's really the basis of my passion. Like I, I come in and push the boundaries and I test the different, the alternative news, right? Where are you sure it's going to go up? Like how can you be sure? Because the last I checked, right? For example, grants can't pay for cash flow valuation. Mm. Yeah. Right? Grants can't pay for that. So, grants were not designed to help you overpay. They were always meant to help bridge the gap to the current valuation. So, and government understands that. So, if you are not coming from a place of marketing and you're actually talking about the situation, then, yeah, I don't think the grants are going to affect and really push the prices up. Because it's four room at the end of the day that gets the most amount of grant. The five room, only 10K. The cooling measure, 
wiped out everyone who had money. So who's pushing up the price? It's going to stagnate. Who? Right? It's going to stagnate, right? Uh, no no one. No one's going to no push up the price. Uh, yeah? It's going to stagnate. We, we will see the prices uh, increase still, but it's a smaller and smaller increase. Uh, till the point where we see zero or no price movement this month. And then start to see the decrease. Uh, then right? it becomes 2020. Oh, it becomes 2019. Uh, 20, sorry? Yeah, it becomes 2019 all over again. It becomes like 2014 actually where it's a... Uh, it's a stagnate sort of thing. But it won't, we won't go back to previous prices. That's why the resale grant has increased and it's going to stay that way. We will just see this price still affordable. It becomes affordable. Because why? Singaporeans always get used to things very fast. Lah. You know, cooling measure, we never remove it. There's no cooling measure that, like, they, yeah, that yeah. gets removed, right? Because we all just get very used to things. And it's a great source of income for the nation. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's a great way to tax wealth, just mm. saying. Yeah. Mm. In that sense, once... Singaporeans get used to these prices and everybody now can afford it with the grant, it will just stagnate at that price until another black swan event happens and resale goes up again. So is it affordable in Singapore? I think it is affordable. Please, go for it. I do think that now with the new grants, it's going to be a lot more affordable. Though many might feel that it's going to increase the price. But people don't understand one, I don't think our government is stupid. Right, mm. I, I don't think I have seen an election for as long as I've known what an election is where property prices were high. I think mm. we can mm. establish that as a fact. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So I don't think the government is stupid. I think the government understands what they are doing when they do it. And the grants were never designed to from this budget to actually increase the price further. It meant it was really meant to bridge the gap for those who can't afford based on the prices today. Because we have now a down payment as compared to five years ago of 10%. Now it's gone up to 20%. So with 80,000, every Singaporean, every me, all of us, as long as we are eligible for a grant the first time, if we buy a resale, we can afford the down payment for majority of the houses out there. Mm. Assuming we have the loan, we have the income and stuff like that. So that was what the grant was designed to do, not to like overpay for a house. Mm. So I do think that after the budget, housing will become a lot more affordable for a lot of Singaporeans. But before the budget? Before the budget. So at this point in time, you yeah. know, like budget not out yet. You know, I mean, uh, it's out yet, but not rolling yet, right? Uh, so like, is it affordable today? And it's not just housing, you know, like broader Housing idea. is that before the budget, majority of the resale market was extremely outreach for a lot of people. Mm. I would say that like, it was really everybody was maxing out every single cent they had yeah. mm. to just to afford the the basic necessity, which is like shelter, right? A home. So, and it's not only, it's, it's really sad because it's not only just the fact that they had to put in all of their savings. Sometimes that is not even enough. It was in a market where pre-cooling measures, so we are talking 30th, before 30th September, and before 30th September, someone who had an income of about $5,000 could possibly not get a four-room flat at all. He would have to stick with a three-room, right? And, and $5,000 just pre-COVID could get you a, a very nice, spacious four-room flat in most parts of Singapore. We don't talk prime estate. Lah. We talk Pungo, Sengkang, Tampines, mm. stuff like that. Just don't go Ishun. Ah, don't go Ishun. <laughs> Ishun, you could get, you know, something larger, like a five-room even. So I do think that COVID has completely com completely destroyed like what home ownership actually means to people and the the whole mindset shift has changed. So I think it really shoot the property prices through the roof. Uh, and it was really not affordable for majority of at least my clientele. Like out of 30 clients I served, everyone maxed out their budget. I never met one that had access. Oh, yeah, I could do renovations. No, everyone's taking a renovation loan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But then beyond, if you take yourself out of the housing frame, right? How about things like basic necessities? Food. Makeup considered Makeup. basic necessity, you know? For me, yes. Depends <laughs> on the people, right? Mm. Transport. <laughs> food. Essentially, do you think those are affordable now? I think generally in Singapore, it's extremely expensive. I do feel the petrol prices are in, were insane. Oh. The war just made it horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Are we allowed to say that I go to JB? 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay. I go to JV, the can't happen to be uh, got shell there. Then uh, I thought, oh, why yeah. not? Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, Najib yeah. will tweet about it or something. <laughs> I don't know, but yes. This is how yeah. Singaporeans yeah. are taking advantage yeah, yeah. of Johor. Amazing, right? How that became a contentious topic, yeah. right? But okay, but it's part of the law. So like the, 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 the Malaysian law. So yeah. yeah. Okay, and for you, is you it want, affordable? I, I agree with your, your initial statement as well. I think it's challenging but it's affordable. Mm. Transportation, we have we have relatively safe and fast, efficient transport uh, compared to a lot of other countries. Um, for We talk about food, uh, vegetables. Uh, you can get them rather well-priced mm. at supermarket, wet markets. Well-priced is so PR. You too train, uh, relax. <laughs> relax. <laughs> no, but the fact is, and if you really look into a lot of um, social media groups, right? There are a lot of free food rations, yes. vegetables giving away, yeah. right? You just need to go to that particular location to collect mm. them and that's it. So there is, you don't need to sign a membership. You don't need, there is nothing, there's no consideration. I don't need to give you something before I take something. Mm. It's really wanting to, uh, you know, for the eco-friendly system to help help the people be able to live better, eat better. Yeah. I think that's a great initiative. Um, and, and I emphasize again, it is definitely challenging. In what way is it challenging? And I agree because I will not I will not say that having food bank to support means that it's affordable. Because to put it bluntly, that is a food bank, right? And and uh, put, put pushing aside the food bank kind of like um light, you know, away from the mm. food bank, like the negative, like sure. oh very cha cha, then you get food bank. No, right? So we move aside from there. Sure. Just recognizing that if Singaporeans, you know, need to go to the food bank, it's a very bad sign to begin with already. Oh, I disagree, uh, you uh, bro. Know, you don't uh, feel yeah. so? Uh, I, I, I've, I, there's a block 287A, Sengkang, uh, Compostwell Crescent. I had a house for sale. It's on the fourth floor. And mind you, that house is complete West Sun. So it's one of the worst houses to like get. Fourth floor, West Sun. You know, everything that ticks the box, not renovated. I had 20 viewings that day. Do you know why? I didn't understand as well. Uh-huh. I come down after I closed the unit and it's a long queue a lot of people who are over there, including the buyers that all came uh-huh. and view, all also queuing up over there with their baskets to collect all the vegetables, man. Free. Free. Yeah. So I'm part of the volunteer group These people group can buy well. a 600,000 oh, house, you know. It's, and it's not like they cannot afford. I believe they can afford vegetables, man. It's a, okay. it's a thing, you know. Yeah, now we're also looking at uh, affordability is one thing as well. You also want to, um, the entire consumption, right? If I don't consume them in Pasir Panjang market, wet market, let's yeah. say, they would have to throw it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we collect it, um, they don't have to throw it away. They don't have to add an additional cost for them. Mm. And with that collected ration, we feed more people. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's it's a win-win for all. Mm. So and again, I bring back, I, I don't, affordability is very subjective. Mm, right? yeah. I, I think it's challenging. It's definitely challenging. But um, if you work and you don't, in high, it's it's really your your lifestyle also, right? Mm. How you you lead your life, but I would think um, it, it will be um, increasing with all this benefit coming. It will be uh, affordable. So, what is the most challenging for you then? In your um, budget, okay. Um, I think for singles to buy um, property, that will be yes. It. I mm. because um, but you already. I I have to buy quickly. Eh. Really? <laughs> yes. Tell me. Tell me. Uh, I mean this house that that this beautiful house. <laughs> yes, yes. Later we can like pan out be like, at the back, right? Yes, set yes. in, right? So uh, I think I bought this uh in June. I thought I I bought it in June twenty twenty one. So this was before like the whole thing started to like go to shit. It was exactly that moment, you know, because the moment I buy it right then everything just went downhill la. But it was very difficult for me because the hardest thing right is that I'm the only one paying for this. Mm. That's the hardest thing. And uh, I tried to apply for BTO, yes. But I, tried, I applied six times, but I didn't get any of it. Uh, so I had no choice but to buy this. Uh. So this one, right, is... Uh, I always tell people that if if after after this house MOP, right, I want to sell it and just move to a two-room. Because I hate, hate, I hate having this debt. Mm. Like, this is the only debt in my life. I have no other debts. This is the only debt in my life. And it's so expensive. For the next 25 years, right, I have to pay 1.2k. Every month? Every month. I mean, of course, I can use my CPF, lah, you know. But a lot of, like, people say, you know, like, he had, like, like you have mentioned a lot in your TikTok, right? Try not to use your CPF. Mm. Try to use your cash because of the accrued interest, blah, 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 all these things, right? But for me, I'm like, I have whatever, lah. Mm. I'll just use my CPF. 
Yeah, so for me, yes, it is very difficult. And I know no, not, not, not all single uh, buyers right, are in my position, right, where I, I where I enjoy a certain income bracket, right, that is a little bit more higher, right, so I can afford to buy this. But if you are a single person and you earn like, uh, Singapore's mon- uh, median income uh, uh, start in 2022, right, it has been shifted upwards to around 5.2. Before that, it was 4 point something, mm-hmm. right? If you are in that, that, that amount, right, it's going to be very, very hard for you to afford uh, a flat by yourself la, a single, as a single person. La. That's the most Malay uncle thing you said all day, man. <laughs> yeah, I hate <laughs> No debts. That's want the that. one advice I get every time from all Why? my... Uh, um, I think as a minority, we come from that space where we grew up seeing what it means to have a lot of debt, mm. taking a lot of loans because education wasn't like as easy for a lot of the a lot of us right my uncles and all that we weren't very educated so we had to go and take more loans on to survive and live life in singapore which was increasingly expensive so all of us grew up seeing what happens when you have like a whole house filled with courts items that now you can't pay for and Mm. then installment and then the bank comes in and then they start pasting things you know we have seen things like that so it's it really embedded in us that we really hate mortgage we really hate loan we really hate debt yeah it's, it's really scary like for us yeah someone someone told me though it's like they said uh, uh but housing debt is okay housing debt is good right then you know what's better than housing debt no debt no debt how about mm, yeah how about that how about that <laughs> <laughs> no debt yeah but actually you were saying you you, you were saying like uh, about how housing how is it affordable yeah, not affordable. I think if if any I have any grumble right um about this would be really the uh, housing. So like BTO, so singles in their thirties they cannot truly afford, and a lot of people cannot afford a resale flat because it's so expensive. Mm. But BTO, as you mentioned, you've done it six times and yeah. you still didn't get it, and then then what what's next? Because they can't afford it, then resale flat it's expensive. Then you push them into rent taking a larger debt, larger debt to uh, take on a private apartment. Uh, and then the more single people get on more private apartment, it's a chicken and egg. And then the private apartment prices will go up mm. and then it will also, then you'll be more expensive. Mm. So this is, this is a very vicious cycle, yeah. right? HDB, secondhand, it's expensive, private expensive, but you're pushing them there anyway. Mm. Whoever who's coming behind them would just not be able to afford. Yeah. afford. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know why it's so hard for singles to get H- uh, BTO flats? This is something that I discovered. Lah, huh? So single, BTO, single single people can only get the two-room BTO flats, right? Yes. The two-room BTO flats are very limited. Maybe like there's 200. Lah, huh? 50% is dedicated to families. Uh, from that from that 50%, right? So, so left 50%, right? From that 50%, 50% is dedicated to old people. Then we take the rest. Lah. Uh. So that means we only take like a 20% of that 200. Lah. 40 units are for single people. What's the tagline in budget they said that really pissed me off the fair uh, I can't remember it's something moving forward forward Singapore with families or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. They, 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 what was that if someone can figure that out it will yeah. be to me very disrespectful you know because yeah you're forcing family nucleus and forcing people to have families down their throat you know you don't give us a choice you make it so miserable if I want to be single or I just want to have no kids, you know. Mm. I don't want to have kids, right? It's, yeah, yeah. You make it very hard for us. Yeah, I actually, yeah. I actually don't believe in this whole like, uh, we we will give you a lot of grants, right? If you are a heteronormative couple, because there's a possibility for you to have kids, child. I have seen right couples uh, who buy five room flats uh, with no intention to get a child. Eh? they are not contributing to the economy. What? Yeah, angry. Very angry, Very I can angry. sense it. But can I define affordability now? Yes, please. Go so for affordability it. for me, right? I think in Singapore, right? If you want to survive, affordable. If you want to thrive, not affordable. Tell me more. Tell me so, more. Uh, uh, so to survive, right? Is basically basically you just need to be fed, you need to not go hungry, and you need to have a home, lah, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to have your own home. You mm-hmm. can they, they can definitely live with your parents. That is like the lowest, lowest rung, right? If not, you can rent. Then if lower than that, you can actually buy, you can actually now, now, now HDB has this uh, scheme where you can rent with another single. Then they put a partition in the middle, lah, that one, right? Uh, then if not, then you can uh, rent just directly from the HDB. There's so many ways, right, that you can do it. So in, in terms of food, uh, every hawker center, right, has an affordable food, food, food option because the government imposed that. Ma. Yes. Say you must have this thing, right? Can I also give you all a theory, right, about why uh, in school, schools, right? You know, uh, Singapore schools, right, they will have 
have canteen like canteen stalls right as opposed to like in other places where the you you go into this one big mess mm. right I think right that is to actually prepare the kids right to buy food from a hawker center oh wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know what you're saying yeah. so you saying. teach them from young you know from primary uh. one right this is the normal way to buy food mm. right then you, then so that so that so that when you grow up right that is that becomes your like your basic necessity yeah. that's is, why uh, when you go IKEA be like wow like interesting ah uh, uh, correct like, correct yeah experience like different but actually that experience is it's, it's quite yeah, universal it's very yeah. universal yeah. it's only the Singapore thing you know the hawker center thing lah so to thrive right if you if you want to eat at a more uh, uh, apathy highfalutin place, right? Like Sky. Well, you don't even use atas, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Highfalutin, uh, apathy. Yeah, a bit apathy. Yeah. Very, a bit, very a bit more apathy. like, oh god, look yes. at me, I have arrived, <laughs> kind of vibe, right? Gen Z, for instance, right? Then cannot lah. Mm. Yeah, but a lot of Singaporeans, right, have been led to believe right, that they deserve to thrive. They have been led to believe mm. that they deserve the best. Cannot take baseline, must be the best. Mm-hmm. So that's why we try That's why affordability right? You have to look at it From that frame Is it really affordable If your dream right Is to thrive And to really really Have the fullest experience Like you have kids right For example you have kids uh, You can send your kids To Sparkle Thoughts Your CDA will cover that but you, if you want to send your kids to like the LV of uh, Childcare Centre Which is Learning Vision Literally LV right Cannot You can't afford it <laughs> But your child Will thrive mm-hmm. Your child will thrive because all the LVs, are, uh, I said all the learning visions are at uh, respectable places like instant, like polytechnic. So all the lecturers send their kids there. So your 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 child's playmates, right, are lecturer are lecturer kids, lecturer kids. So you know there's a certain level there like, as opposed to a sparkle thought under the block kind of thing like. So to uh survive affordable, to thrive, cannot. And what you're saying is the baseline, you know, for this narrative is to thrive. To thrive. It's not to survive. Yeah. Fair. I I, I kind of know what you're saying. Mm. I kind of know what That's, you're saying. So, so for instance, you don't, need, you don't have to buy the latest iPhone. You can always get like the cheapest ass Oppo phone. It's also a phone, what? One must get iPhone. But no, must get the best. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's the complete opposite because I come from real estate, right? At the end mm. of the day, I get to see all walks of life. What a lot of people that express their opinions online in my perspective is really a very loud minority right because so you believe in the silent majority discussion yeah so it's it's really eye-opening when you are in this industry because when you really think about it all right let's just do like a very quick math here if you were to buy an ec today there is an income ceiling of sixteen thousand, right it's an income ceiling. That means if you earn above this income, you're not allowed to even buy an EC. Mm. But like even $100, you're not allowed to. So that would mean your loan would be around $1 million plus. Okay? Then the average EC as a first-timer, because you're also like a ballot, right? It's like a BTO. So you have to be a first-timer as well. Okay? So the average price over there is about $1.5 million, $1.6 million, $1.4 million, even $1.3. Mm. How do they get the 300 k first-timer? How they get the four hundred k, young couples ah, huh? and you see so many at the show flat. Okay, it gets sold out in a uh, day. So how how do you get how do you get the how do you get? I don't know. That's why I'm here to find but out. Their right? parents <laughs> lah, and their parents right. Uh. And what, what you do realize, like from this one fact alone, and as I meet people, like you would see an average couple. You know, they look the house looks like. Nothing like this is like really Thank very you. normal, you know. Like really, <laughs> this is beautiful. This is Thank like you. like ten out of ten. That's like three out of ten house. Mm-hmm. And you look at their CPF and you look at their cash savings because I get to see everything, and it's like sometimes even close to the millions. You wonder, you know, these people are all around you, but they just don't talk anything. They don't share their money. They don't share their wealth. And there, to me, I feel that there are just so many wealthy Singaporeans who are. Very quiet about this whole thing. Yeah, no, because like, it, I don't know, you guys know about the 1M65 movement. 1 million by 65. Oh, yes, it's yes. It's like a CPF thing, right? Yeah. And then CPF CPF took it on and, and ran with it, mm. right? Yeah. But there's already a lot of discussion that it's so easy to be 1M65. Oh, you. Yeah. yeah amongst I, I, I the, made the TikTok video today yeah, on it. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's so easy to be 1M65. Like, mm. should we go for 10M65? I'm like... Tarek, ah, okay. Right. It's not just about endless accumulation. Yeah. Right? Like, how do you define success in, in that realm? But, but that is a reality. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can I ask a question though? Yeah, I think yeah. one big question for me is everyone talks about the Singaporean dream. Mm-hmm. What is a Singaporean dream? Yes, yes. I, can, I, I cannot quite fathom and understand uh, or reconcile uh, the Singaporean dream. Mm. Is that a getting married buy a BTO HDB flat, have four kids and work till my retirement age and then piss off. Is that the re- single... Like how... No, no stop, stop we... at two, kill the four kids already. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. now they keep the stop at two. Okay, but... Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah. I think this, the, the concept of the Singaporean dream, right, is, has always been a struggle. Yeah, for me yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah because, because we're such a young nation, right? And uh, we are so world, world, worldly. We're so worldly and we're so widely traveled and we're so well connected, right? So a dream, right, uh, is 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 is, is experienced and defined by the kind of things that we see uh, on a daily basis, lah. That's why I don't think it's easy to define what the Singaporean dream is, lah. What you were just mentioned, right? You know, get married, get a bit that one is not like a dream, but that's like a process. I call it the Singaporean process, a normal heteronormative cisgender married with kids process. No, but on yeah. on some level, I mean, when you, when you when you when you talk about it, is there's a derogatory note to it, like, Yes, right. But on some level, that is the success of the system, right? Because uh, any yeah. almost you can say almost any rando person can mm. hit that thing, you know. If they follow through, you know, they don't need to be oh, like top okay. uni, you know. They come yeah. out, you know, kind kind of yeah. move along, right? So that's the success of the system. Probably what you would define as surviving, uh, right? So and and that's something that I think people can can reframe a little bit in, in terms of their thought process rather than seeing that you know this is as far as I can go uh, think of it as you know this is the least you can get <laughs> oh this is the least that you should get you know, fair you know yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but we're talking about broad yeah. broadly okay yeah. are, you know like I, I, I understand where, where the question is coming from but mm. but you, you get what I'm saying yeah yeah right so so okay okay fair fair then I don't know do you guys have kids do you have kids no I don't no kids okay do you intend to no why I don't know. My wife see this, she's gonna get angry. Huh? But, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. We can have another episode. Okay, it's wife either I want. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's either I want. Please two welcome wife. <laughs> well, very big budget production. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very big budget. <laughs> uh, um, I look at my brother and I'm just like, I can't do this. Uh. It's it's it's. He has two kids and it's so stressful and it's so noisy. They're screaming in your face. You know, they're cute. They're adorable. Like if I were to have kids, I want twins. You know, like just settle it. Because you want one time set done. You know, Do you ask your to wife? make the parents happy. Uh, yeah, I try lah. She say okay lah. We can try and pray to the gods, but you know you can't wait, choose these things, right? Is there even twins in your family line? Have, 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 okay, okay, okay. okay. Oh, that's yeah. possible. possible. That's possible. possible. Yes, possible. possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I pray for it. If not, then oh, give up at one lah. I I really feel that children rob me of the like he said right to thrive i feel like i've reached that stage where i can actually thrive and now i feel like a child would rob me of that tell me more please that's a that's a that's a strong word but i think i do think very strong it's a very strong word but i do think you're not alone yes okay i do think a lot of people are at the crux right so it's like you struggle after uni or you come out after your education you got your job first few struggles kind of bullied right lowest life form in the company and then after that you get somewhere and then you have some money that's like not bad quality of life quite good Mm. and then you want to take the leap into starting a family and you feel like oh my goodness this is crazy and baby bonus all these things right is God, it's like good to have but you know it's it's a very cost you know how, strategy right to to try to get people to to have a family but why what 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 made you say like it's gonna rob you i feel like one the baby bonus is ridiculous like you know how fast can finish baby bonus or not like how much you need how you know how expensive is the milk powder to begin with you know some of people have to like go all the way to like Badok. there's this shop that sells milk powder that's a lot more affordable. Really? Than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's crazy. I'm learning like, so much. I right? got vegetable here. Yeah. Got milk powder there. Like, 
Wow. Yeah, you can bring the the cover, right? You bring the covers, then you can end the you get the discount. Like if you bring five of that plastic cover thing, then you can get oh, a discount. Plastic cover. Milk powder got the tin, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then on top got the yeah, plastic. Got the plastic oh, okay, right? okay. Yeah. Now this I one is like a promo promo C yeah, from the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the owner, la. I mean the, yeah. the seller. Yeah, apparently oh, okay. I think they recycle that plastic cover or something. Oh. I don't know what they do with it. Oh okay. Yeah. okay. Wonderful. I don't think baby bonus really helps a lot of couples. Mm-hmm. It, it goes off just like that. And for me personally, like what I mean by Thrive is that I think a lot of, like even my clients who don't have kids, we resonate, they resonate with this. And that is, you put in so much effort, right? The last 10 years, your entire 20s when like your friends are all studying and enjoying and partying and, you know, doing all the things a 20-year-old or 30-year-old would do, you are out there working, you are out there putting in the hours and really struggling, you know, to to have the Singaporean dream, mm. you know, which is um, get that condo, buy that car, do all those things. And then you hit that and you have the money to do that and now you want to just like, you know, I have it all. Let's just jump down and go back down that, that that cycle of stress, you know, and, you know, have a kid and worry about that kid and have to wonder, like, how I'm going to feed that person. And it's it's a whole, like, nightmare just waiting over there for you all over again for the next 18 years mm. or 21 years, you know. And I know some of these would rub people off like the, like, in the wrong way. It's okay, we're always barabbing people off. <laughs> TikTok viral, right? So yeah. please continue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but, and I know that there are people out there who genuinely want kids and they can't and I'm supposed to be more grateful about this kind of things, you know, but like, end of the day, I just think that starting a family and having kids in Singapore and then we have to talk about the educational system where I'm not very pleased if I do want mm-hmm. to have a kid, you know, yeah, considering how it's very much focused on the brightest student and everyone else gets oh, cut away you know especially okay. in the neighborhood school yeah it's 40 to a class and the teachers are always like just focused on the great ones right the ones that don't they can scream stand outside class i come from the background mm. at the time where my tamil teacher could beat me and it's okay it was legal then you know yeah yeah so so so, so you think having children is not affordable Having children it's is not affordable. affordable. Yeah, I think it's not affordable. affordable. I think having children, I agree with you completely when you said that your kid could thrive if you went to Learning Vision. Is that Learning, uh, Learning Vision? Vision. Yeah, but if I put not that sponsored, Spartan, yeah. yeah. They Spartan should. Thoughts. They should, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think, right, having children, uh, I don't know why the government keeps tying this, like, uh, subsidies, right? Like, uh, the, the concept of affordability, right, with having children, lah. Like, it, it will give you more grants if you have more kids or these things, right? But the trend is people are not going to have children, you want to fight? You cannot fight lah. Last time maybe can lah. Last time a lot of the Singaporeans, like our, our parents, right? They will have children because, you know, it's like part of the process. No, because then they had no Netflix and Disney Plus. Ah, co- yes, correct, <laughs> right? That's fair point. Yes. Yeah. There's so, a lot of correlation study to show. So now, the birth so now, of the television uh, uh, reduced the, reduce the birth. Reduce the, yeah. Uh, yeah. So now we are in a position where we don't really need to have children. So I don't understand why the government just don't want to accept it. Falling birth rate is a inevitability. Done. Let's find a solution to that. Okay, so so the government's narrative, okay, or at least my perception of the government's narrative, I cannot pop ma, ah. is um, if we're not going to have population growth, because it's a very capitalistic idea, right? If we're not going to have population growth, then we bring other people in. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Right? So it's like a two-choose-one kind of situation, right? Mm. Of course, they want to, they hope to have both, la, mm. you know, a bit more balance in mm. that sense. But So are you okay? Don't give birth. I break all the subsidies, okay? Like, we will just give you as like a Singaporean bonus let's say as long as you're a Singaporean I'll give you a bonus I'm not tied to childbirth everything but I unload the floodgates and allow people to come in I'm okay yes really don't mind why not I think quality is the important part right yeah Um, who is the barometer of quality how do you measure quality that's a very good question of course Uh, I'm a professional (laughs) I ask questions for a living I if you if you have a lot of Singaporeans who doesn't really want to work and then you will burden the rest of the Singaporeans, then then yeah, let's just bring in foreigners from, from another country. Right? I think it's really down to the uh, per capita how much can each person bring to the table. So uh, as as I agree as well, if we don't have enough Singaporeans, then we, we do have to bring other foreign talent uh, here. Other than just foreigners, foreign talent. Uh, yeah. Mm. I think I think it's fair. Either that or you, you either bring uh, foreign talent in, right? Or you find a way to innovate without uh, without manpower. Lo. 
Which is not impossible now at these days. Hmm. You can interview without manpower. But it's a, a double-edged sword, right? You bring in more foreign talent, then you start complaining about property prices going up. Then How many of your clients are foreigners? A lot. A lot of them. Okay, so there's Out a, of 10. Yeah, but there's a difference, Out of 10, right? I would say... Four? Four is a... Okay. Yeah. PR, uh, buying HDP, PR, or like PRC, straight into... Uh, private. All the... All the because foreigners can't buy it, HDB, mm. right? Unless so out of all PR, my 10 uh, private property clients, then four would be foreigners. Okay. Right. Okay. But I have a question though. I think the property prices, not that I'm an expert, which I'm not, uh, it's because people come in, they buy the property, they don't necessarily stay yes. in there. Yes. Yeah. They buy it, they hold it, they leave it empty, and then they flip it. Yeah. That's the reason, or I would think, uh, is why it's expensive. Are we, are we talking about BTO or like? No, that's uh, private property. Like. Yeah, private property. Like. Oh, BTO people do it as well. Yeah, so yeah. If, if you buy it, whether or not foreigners or whether or not Singaporeans, if you yeah. buy it, you don't live in it, but you're just waiting for, for it to be flipped, then that is just going to drive the, the value up. I want, I want to add to this, right? Because uh, recently I had dinner with my friend, right? He said, uh, you know, it's like when you go look at the property property portal, right? This was before the whole kerfuffle uh, happened, right? He said, you go to the property, property portal, right? When you look at those uh, listings, right? when the whole house is empty, right? How do you think that happened? Like, I don't know. So I will tell you how it happened. These people, right, uh, who apply for these flats, right? Because they are young, so their income is very low, right? Uh, so they can afford, they, like government will give them a lot of grants, right? Because their income is low, then they are like uh, married, they have all these things, right? So, but they are actually from a very rich family. Yeah. Mm. Right? So they buy the flat and then they just leave it empty and then they stay with their family. Lah. In, their, in their huge bungalow. Then after five years, then they just sell. Like, really, man? I, I really didn't believe him until this story, this whole thing came out. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, it's really true. People Is that are what really... the property, property guy thinks? Yeah. I, uh, it happened, it's been happening for a long time. So I don't personally take this, uh, these businesses because like they buy one, direct what BTO yeah uh, no I said I don't take it to sell after oh, five years because okay, it's okay. one illegal two I think it's I think it, it angers me quite a bit because this is really abusing the system truly abusing the system and there is no way for the government to actually go and police these people before they do things like this right mm. I mean it's unfair for you for, for them to check my background or what my family does and all this kind of stuff once you start fragmenting these kind of things then it gets a bit more complicated so that is what really angers me because I've been at that situation I'm sorry this is going to go into a very sad story once again but yeah I've seen couples who have four kids five kids you know seven years trying for BTO uh, living in one common room within with like their extended family you know like, I mean sorry their parents and stuff like that and they're really struggling to just get a home and they're of unfortunately you know once again the minority race the quota also affects them and they're not really of high income they can't afford the resale mm. you know these people is what deserves that five room not someone who suddenly got really wealthy and decided to upgrade to a landed, you know, and never even put in the flooring. You know, that person doesn't even have the decency to like put vinyl. Vinyl cost you 2000 You couldn't mm. do that. Like, and you, you, are, you are just selling that property and that's unfair. I get questions every day asking me, hey, is my, my income is at 15000 Do you think I can afford a BTO? Oh, why? Why are you buying a BTO? Why? Yeah, this is because they want to stay in Tengah. <laughs> like, you know, eco-living. Yeah, because Tengah, especially now, now, now that Tengah got ACS, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole different podcast. That's a whole different a whole podcast, podcast. I have a lot to say about <laughs> yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Quota is a very interesting thing. Okay, um, I had a I had a personal experience with, because I used to run a small little bakery at Tanjong Park. Uh. You did? Yeah, oh, I tried everything God. all fail, right? That's why I say I serial fail entrepreneur. I can say it, okay? So I tried. And then there's this, um, there's this lady that came and then we we're just chatting and everything. Of course, she's from the minority race, right? That's why I talk about quota, right? And then, ta -ta -ta, and I said, oh, where do you stay? So I stay at Duxton, mm. the pinnacle at Duxton. That's what she said. Because oh. we're we around the vicinity. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then she was, I was like, oh, nice place. Then she was like, ah, because got quota. Because of quota, she got it at a yes. much cheaper. Yeah. That is what she was saying. So it's a very interesting, like, it's, the same for it's me, like a two-world kind of thing. Huh? It's yeah. the same for me with this house. Oh, tell, tell us. Yeah, that. like, there's not many uh, Malay people here. Mm. So that's the reason why, you know. Oh. Yeah, this, to get yeah. Things, yeah, so I found a house that is an estate sale. And can only be sold to a minority. To a Malay, right? Yeah, to yeah. Malay person. Because uh. Malays would never sell over here. It's right next to the mosque. Tell me more. Oh, it's the ethnic quota, right? So uh. so now the amount of 
Malays in the area have reached its quota. So one Malay person can only sell to another. He can swap. So right? why were Malay... Okay, pardon. Uh, but why were Malay not sell because it's near the mosque? Just, it's, just because it's near the mosque. Yeah, I mean, as a re- for our religion, it's, it's nicer to live near the mosque than you could go to the mosque every day mm. easily. You don't have to travel, take a bus on okay, Fridays, fair. stuff like that. Mm. You know, so it's, it's great for us. Then when we pray, we could do all five of our prayers over there. Uh, yeah, and that's something that is one of the, like, like it's a blessing for us. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, interesting. Religion. So that's, uh, that, that's one of the major perks. And you notice ethnic quota houses happening a lot in near mosque clusters. Wow. Right. Oh. So you you a Malay for a Malay, it's very hard to get uh at two four five that block in Pasiris, block two four five. It's very hard to get a house there because no one wants to sell. And like all the Chinese over there are just dying. You know, somebody please, you know, come and buy. But there's no demand over there for them, so it's really hard. So it's the opposite. Oh hmm. my god! Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. This is like ground feedback. Yeah, you know. And what annoys me a lot about this ethnic quota is that, yes, it's true the Indian lady could get a house at Pinnacle at Duxton, but she buys the house at, for example, seven hundred thousand. Okay, assuming she was the first owner, right? I don't know if she was the first owner. I don't know. Was I she? Ask. We don't know, right? If she was the first owner, this is what really angers me the most that the government needs to address. If she's a first owner and she's an Indian, she buys the house, screw it, let's talk me. I stay near Pinnacle at Duxton, my current, the house that I just got, my BTO, right? I bought it at 417000 Sale of balance. Wow, and it's near Pinnacle at Duxton. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a Dawson. Then what okay, are we Margaret. doing here? We should record that, right? <laughs> still renovating. So still renovating. It's a 60 square meter house, all right? So it's extremely tiny. It's half the size of this. Three room, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's three room. Three room. Yeah, uh. Three room. 60 square meter. Really, five steps I could go everywhere <laughs> in the house. Five steps everywhere I can go. <sighs> so, I bought, it Sorry. Four, yeah, <laughs> I bought it at 417k. The average price of similar units now currently selling in Gingmo, similar location, 700,000. But I can't sell at that price mm. because I'm Indian. So you have to sell to the same race. Because I have to sell to the same race. <gasps> oh. How is that fair? It's a story. I bought the same price, right? As, as, a, as a Chinese, I yeah. bought the same price, 417. And the, my neighbor is a Chinese lady. She bought it at around 418, 417, around there. Same, sale of balance. But she's going to sell at 700. I have to sell at 600. Oh. But you can sell at 700 if you find someone who's willing to buy your flat at An 700. An Indian that's willing to buy at 700. Yeah. So and that's Indian. the idea because, no, the because, pool, yeah, because the it's pool. a smaller pool. Yeah, so the smaller uh, pool. So it's, it's, it's as with all sale of like Atta's things, right? There's an apex to it. Yeah. Right? So if the pool is smaller, then the apex is leaner. Mm. Yeah. Right? So, so there's you, lesser people that are willing to buy. Yeah. So someone has, my exact neighbor who bought me has bought it at the same price, has 70% of the population to play with. Yeah. I only have... To play with, huh? Yeah, mm. like, right. you know, <laughs> I have this amount. Yeah. And that's mm. where the, the wealth gap starts to build, you oh, know? That's it starts so to interesting. Grow. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you realize we went on a spiel in a quite a privileged, you know, kind of tonality yes. of like, oh yeah, I can do this, I can do that. And never at one point do you doubt that you can, you know. You know, or like whether, it, whether, yeah, whether it's in possible. The, yeah, or in the, not. the whole tonality, I never feel like you were doubting that possibility. Uh, Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch today, mm. but it's not impossible. It's not impossible, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that vibe that was going on, mm-hmm. it's like, possible what? One day, I'll do that. Yeah. Right? But is it true, you know, when we anchor back down from all the excitement, is Singapore still that kind of place where you can continue to grow and climb and pursue that kind of excitement? That, because I feel like it's quite rare already. I never see that that kind of like I never hear my friends get wow, you know that what then that's that what wow like very long and I never hear that that kind oh. of energy already. So is it still possible? Here? I, I I think it's still possible, but you just have to work really, really hard, law. And you really have to plan la. You really, really have to plan. That's 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 the narrative of it. La. Whether yeah. whether you get a higher paying job or you get a side gig, something. You know, and you just really, really have to plan. Long. But then, right, Reggie, so we are talking about uh, affordability, right? You don't stay in Singapore, right? Is it because Singapore is not affordable? Partly. Um, I had a very traumatic experience. I think I talked about this on my podcast, yeah. you know, uh, with my previous startup. Uh, so it was very traumatic and I wasn't in the right state of mind to work. 
Right. So in Singapore, you have to work. La. It's quite hard not to not to work. But I already have accumulated some capital mm. that I can invest and make mm. money and all that shit. La. You know, the, all that jazz. Right? Yeah. All that jazz. Okay, shit, not very sweet. Yeah? But it was hard to live that way of life here in Singapore. Right? So it, that means in Singapore, I need to work to supplement, mm. you know, my, my portfolio and all that. But I wasn't in the state of mind to do it. Right? Because it was like post-traumatic of like startup, you know, startup rubbish. So I left, right? And after I leave, I went to KL, right? So I'm staying in Subang now, which is like a suburby town. I love it. And then I realized, right, Singapore, no matter how you flip-flop, flip-flop, uh, you are a city dweller. So you live the city life. Right? Mm. You can change career, do this, do that, change the industry. You are city life. So the way of life is a very city dweller life. Okay. Like where I stay, I'm like suburb, you know? And, and it's like... I got three room, two balcony, open up, I got like a garden, small little garden in a strip. I can is, grow is kangkong, it, I can do anything. Is it really stress-free? Like you really relax. Can really switch off. Yes. Are you thriving there? Are you thriving? Can't you tell? Ah. I grew the whole podcast while I was in Malaysia. <laughs> targeting Singaporeans. And yeah. I'm the biggest podcast today, right? And yeah. a big part of a big part of this was because I had the arbitrage, right? I could mm. I could do all this while I was in a place where it's like way more affordable mm. and I was way more at ease. But I understand this is not like, not everybody can can do it this way, right? So, and and if you ask me, yeah, that is a different way of life. And I'm not saying like, Subang is better. Or not. It's, yeah. a, it's different, yeah. right? If you do the suburb life, you know, it, it's very different. And you, of course, you do the rural life, you know, it's, it's even more different, yeah. right? In, in the kampong, you don't even need to spend. Mm. You pluck, it's the fruit already. You mm. go, you drink water. It's a, if you live in the kampong before, you went to your friend's hometown from like Malaysia or like, you know, in China or wherever, you will know what I mean, right? You don't even need to spend. The market uh, is once a season, you know? <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, once yeah. a season, oh, we go to the market, buy things, right? It, because everything is, is there. Mm. And that is a big limitation of life in Singapore. It's, it's not a Singapore problem. It's just a city problem. There is no way out of this thing. You don't have suburb. We don't have suburb. We don't have rural. Don't have, right? It is a city. And that is, I think, a big part of how Singaporeans need to realize and come to the fact that this is a city. It cannot one. There's no suburb. There's no kampong. Yeah. There's no other way of life but this way of life. Mm. And so when we talk about this, like, how do we like ease the pain and like yeah. improve the hope more, right? And, and 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 I think like, although we went round and round, I don't think the government of the day is not trying to do yeah. that. Whether or not it's effective, whether or not you are broadly aligned with them, uh, that's a different story. But I don't think they are not trying. Actually, I actually want to ask Joe. So this is very specific to the company that you are in now, right? Which is Landor. Do you think the future of affordability, right, in Singapore, right, is in sharing? Yes. I do. You think about uh, renting. Right now, if I'm renting something and I don't own it, yeah. so for your mobile phone, warranty only lasts for one year. But mm. if you rent it for, say, 36 months, I'm giving you additional that two years of warranty. If there's anything else, we do a one-to-one -one swap. Mm. Right? If it's lost, it's, it's damaged. As long as it's not deliberate, we actually have that covered. So you don't have to worry about, okay, next year I'm going to buy a new phone. And what do I do with the old phone? Of course, you can sell it. Yeah. Right? But um, if you don't, and if it if it faults up before that, then what's going to happen? Just like for cars as well, if you buy a car, the maintenance is going to kill you. Mm. You can now rent. There's yeah, so, yeah, right. So you have that yeah. that worry free also. I think because it's also a state of mind, right? You don't need to necessarily own every little thing. That you know, these yeah. are all material stuff, right? Yeah. Um. So my family runs a watch business. Actually, I used to have ten. 20 watches easily and now I only have uh, Apple Watch maybe about 3 watches like Apple Watch and even a, a Casio digital watch mm -hmm. because the battery lasts for 10 years and I don't have to worry about oh, what's going to happen if my watch spoils and this and that so it's really trying to live a more minimal lifestyle mm. so I have more time to think about other things mm. so even my clothes are now very minimal black yeah whatever right so we, we don't have to think so much about because when you stress yourself more than there's there's just so much more that you need to worry about. And, and I suppose it also ties into the fact that you, you say you volunteer for the food the food distribution thing, right? That is also yes. like a sharing uh, sort of concept, right? Yes. In a way. Yes. Yeah. About, um, it's really not wanting anything to go to waste, right? Whether or not, If you don't feed the people, what are you going to do with the vegetables? They're going to rot and then, then what? I actually posit this, uh, and this is going to be very extreme, but I actually posit, right, that sharing 
uh, I mean, once once you mentioned the the sharing cars, right? I think sharing, right, is the answer to affordability. Thank you. Yeah, I actually really <laughs> do think that, like, you don't have to own everything, you don't have to own it permanently. You know, you can just share it with someone else. You know, uh, and even like even with apps like uh Olio, right? So I mm. have I have I I use this app called Olio, right, to give away my t-shirts, right? Mm. I always tell people who are at the behind these scenes here. You know, if they have things to give away, right? Sometimes they say like, I want to sell it at a flea market. Mm. I'm like, why don't you just use it at an Olio? Like, just use Olio and then uh, just give your uh, give your things away. Like, because the people there right, are so thankful. Like, they come to my house and say, hey, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much. It's like, no, go ahead, take all my seven t-shirts, it's fine. It still works, right? And I feel like that is really the answer mm. to affordability in Singapore. One of the proposals proposal that Leung Man Wai and uh, NMP Leung Man Wai said, right, is about the rental flats, the millennial rental flats, right? As much as people say, like, oh, this is like nonsense and things like that. But I honestly think, right, that the prevalence of places like co-living places, right, where you have to share apartments, share services, share accommodation, share uh, facilities, right? I think that is actually an answer also to high house prices. So you actually take that whole model, right? And you make it a little bit more affordable, right? I think a single mother uh, who is struggling to get uh, on her two feet, right? Uh, if she is given the opportunity to stay in like an apartment, right? Where she can share the facilities and it's safe, right? Why not? Right? Then, then she can work her way up right? so that she can meet the affordability level right, that most Singaporeans are at. Mm. But before she goes there, right, she is helped by this uh, sharing economy. I think that is really, really the answer. Lah. So if people are saying that oh, uh, car, car, cars are very expensive in Singapore, it is, just share it. Lah. Which you already see a lot of platforms Correct. doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. and I think that's quite impressive. Carousel, carousel is very popular. A lot of things in my house here are like I buy off carousel, lah. You know, people share their goodwill with me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have big ass three meter by two meters so uh, uh carpet that I buy for like twenty dollars mm. because someone else don't want it, so yes. I will take it, right? And I really do think, right? Like company places like uh like uh Landola or the car company, right? I think that is really the answer, lah, to whether to to combating uh affordability in Singapore. So sustainability is the way to go. Sustainability then. is really the way to go. I mean, it's great for the planet, but it's also great for costing. I agree. Okay, so I think I think last question. Okay, what is the Singapore you hope to leave for your next generation? I'm very pro DEI, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm. And I think the other thing is also sustainability. If we keep, you know, there, there's just so much global warming going on, there will be nothing left for anyone to enjoy. Mm. So for me, that's definitely uh, my, my biggest take. Well, okay, I have a nephew and a niece. My nephew is 13. My niece is 10. The future of Singapore that I want them to live in right, is a Singapore that is kind. Mm. I think Singaporeans are very unkind. A lot of Singaporeans I see are very unkind. The other day, I went to Bedok MRT, right? And then I saw a, a sight-disabled sight man, right? Uh, and he he was carrying a bell, you know? So he had a cane, he was carrying a bell. Then he was just standing in the middle of the MRT station, right? He was ringing his bell. He ring, 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 like, he said, is anybody going to Bedok Interchange? Ring, ring. I was like, so I, I was far, far away, but I can see. Then from there, I'm like, all you live in Bedok. That's why you all are here, right? Why can't you just bring him to the to the interchange? He's just ringing, ringing, you know, continuously for like two minutes. It is so sad that when I see people like, why are Singaporeans like this? Huh? Why are we so unkind? And I think that that that, that unkindness right, stems from the fact that we de- we think we deserve the best. I will argue different, but that's a whole different show. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's a structural. Structural, but you do think? Do you think Singaporeans are unkind? Yes, I can agree that that is the that is the that is the phenomenon. Mm. But I think the reason is the reason different. is different. Yes, okay, so we yeah, can so talk about it. Welcome, join our next podcast. Yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, so that's my that's my vision. Uh, a, a kinder Singaporean. Great, Singapore. Yeah, nice. It. Oh, for me, it's really just. I hope that Singapore in the future would really look more at focusing on happiness first. Uh, not chasing money so much like chasing financial freedom chasing uh, the condo the car you know more and more BTOs just because you can profit you know it's I think where really Singaporeans need to learn is to be more grateful for what they have you know you don't have to have like you don't have to chase after the millions and and only then you'll be happy and then you stress out you change your standards 
a lot of Singaporeans change their standards about what happiness is. Then yourself? Me? Mm. So what can Singapore do to make you come back permanently? Lower density. Uh, Actually, mm. I'm not against staying in Sambawang or like, you know, um, what's that? Uh, Emirati? Emirati, uh, yeah. Emirati. It's very crowded now. Be- yeah, at first not so crowded. A few years ago, it was like, oh, so beautiful, so quaint, so quiet. Yeah. And I'm okay to stay in the fringe part of the country, you know, mm. in that sense, like, fringe. Like, right? uh, no issue with that. Maybe because the problem, I come from Tampines, right? Uh-huh. So, long more Tampines cannot walk straight. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So, that's the iconic part of Tampines. Huh? But yeah, I think that's what I need. It's very scary, this place. Because there's a lot of people, a lot of noise, a lot of sound, a lot of pollution in that sense, right? Like, and it's something that you, like I said, you cannot change because this is inherent in a city. Yeah. So it's a feature, not a bug, mm. right? So I'm okay to stay at you know like, Sembawang or something lah, right? Or like Changi. Some, yeah, let's say somewhere far. I'm okay, and I'll be perfectly fine. Mm. So till the day that I can, you know, permanently stay in a place like that, whether is it a private place or whether is it HDB. Then you will see me back lah. Perma. And we will wait for that day to come. Thank you. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> hey, this one. Like, share, subscribe. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this budget series brought to you by Rice Media and The Financial Folk. And if you like what we do, like, share, subscribe, follow our socials. Everything is in the description below. And meanwhile, take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.